All right, everybody, we're launching into interview with an expert today. I'm Richard James, and I'm with my good friend and client and longtime Partners Club member and Freedom Group member, Bert Diener. Bert owns a law firm out of North Carolina and California. He specializes in immigration, criminal, and PI, uh, and he's grown his firm from the point of where he didn't have enough money to afford his first plane ticket to a Partners Club event some years ago to now, you know, he, he makes more in a quarter than he made in a year. And so uh, he does very, very well. And today I brought him on specifically because we are going to talk about the number one thing he did in his business to actually make a pivot to grow without having to invest more money on marketing advertising. As an aside, I will tell you that Bert has real inside information because he also happens to own a company called Four Eyes. He's so passionate about this. He started a software and systems company that helps really get law firms tuned into the right direction called Four Eyes. And Four Eyes is designed to help small law firm owners have the tools they need to accomplish these goals. And so Bert could see through the Four Eyes lens what worked and what didn't work. And he decided to amplify that in his firm to see if he can really get some more juice out of lemon. And we'll find out today that he has. So Bert, are you with me? I am, my friend. By the way, you inspired me to go get your uh, that you sent me and have an espresso with you. So the All question right. I have for you is, did you peel a little lemon peel and put in it or is it straight up espresso? Just straight up espresso. I'm too lazy to put the lemon or lime peel or any of that stuff. Yeah, me too. But every now and then today was one of those days. All right. I wasn't sure if you were going to go the extra mile. So I needed to make sure if you did, I did too. <laughs> so all right. So uh, happy to have you here today. Thanks so much for being here. Congratulations on the success you've had in the last, uh, you know, let's say a couple of years while everybody else seems to be, you know, struggling a little bit, you know, for you, both topside gross numbers and net income are up considerably. Why don't you give everybody a snapshot of what is going on? Like, what does that look like? How, what percentage is gross revenues up? What percentage is net or net incomes up over the last couple of years? Yeah. So just in the last 12 months right now, um, gross is up 40%. And our take home is up, uh, net is up about 200%. 200%. And, and primarily because you're able to grow more gross revenues without having to grow expenses or marketing dollars, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, so for those who maybe don't know and, and don't know who you are, let's at least give them the story. I gave them a little hint as to what the story might be, but let's give them a little, just a little bit of a backstory. You're an immigration PI criminal firm. You have a firm in North Carolina. You have a firm in California. You also own Four Eyes, which I described earlier. What's your journey? What does your journey look like? Yeah. So basically I was ambitious. We had a handful of offices, um, but uh, having a bunch of offices and being ambitious didn't really turn into much. Um, I was kind of struggling. I was real busy, wasn't making any money. Found Partners Club, um, went down the path of Partners Club. As you said, in the very first event I signed up, I think it was the very first one that you offered. Uh, once I signed up, I didn't have enough money for the plane flight. So I made it to the next one. And then basically I just made it our mission to apply everything that you were doing. And and I think that just to, to, to kind of give you credit, uh, a lot of things that you teach or uh, um, that you've taught me, um, at first blush, they made sense. But the more I went into them and went deeper and deeper and deeper, they and basically it was like that peeling that onion. There were just layers to it. And and I think one of the most important things that people can appreciate out there is if you think you get it, look harder because mm -hmm. there are going to be points that you are absolutely missing. I promise you, because we're still finding more and more nuances that are uncovering more and more diamonds. Uh, as that was one of the very first books you gave us, right? Uh, Field of Diamonds. And that's absolutely the case. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's it, it is a it's such a simple concept, right? And and I do think some attorneys dismiss it because it's so simple, um, and then they think they they got it. But yeah, there, it's it's extremely complex and very deep. The more you run it and keep running into it, and and uh, but but let's so here you are, you know, you didn't you weren't just doing well this year, like you're up forty percent this year or last year, but last year you did pretty darn good, right? Yeah, I think you I made more money last year than you ever made in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we gave over a million dollars in bonuses last year. So one more time. Yeah. Last year, in terms of bonuses for the firm, we gave over a million dollars in bonuses for the firm. Okay. Catch that, everybody. A million dollars in bonuses for the firm. 
I'll let you talk to Bert on the side or let him tell you if he wants to what percentage of his gross revenue, gross income he actually is willing to give away. But I know that number and I can tell you that means he makes a multiple over what he gave away. So th- this isn't a, this isn't a, some fancy, you know, just PI firm that has billboards on every corner and he's made it because he's making so much money on PI. Yeah, there's PI in that argument. And I don't have anything wrong with PI making great margins, but this is a firm that's grinding it out dollar for dollar, charging fees, getting paid, having to produce the work, you know, you know, just document needs to be harvested and papers have to be prepped and petitions have to be prepped in their version of it. There's courts that have to be gone to. I mean, there's a lot goes into this, right? And this is a real big boy firm that is generating that kind of revenue, but he wasn't at one time and now he is. But here's the thing, despite the fact that he was doing so well in 2021 and he made more money than ever made in his life, he still looked deeper at what they could be doing more with this one thing we're gonna talk about today. And and it, it revealed then another 40% growth. So. Why don't you share your slides and take over? You can start driving. Let them know what you're going from here, and I'll ask some questions as we go along the way. By the way, folks, if you have questions, go ahead and type it into the chat. Just put question, and then me or my team will get to it, or I'll make sure they're answered before I leave today. All right. So hopefully everybody, you all can see my screen, and there, there's nothing on this screen right here other than the Fry's logo. Uh, but, um, you know, Last year, we had added on a few offices towards the first half of the year. But that second half of the year, we kind of figured it was time for us to dig in and and reap the benefits of not just that, but just kind of make sure that we were taking advantage of all the opportunity we have. It's easy to, you know, a lot of us think all you need is another lead source, all you need is another office, all you need is this, and then you'll continue to grow. The question I think all of us struggle with is, how do I get more from what I have, right? So, um, So from that standpoint, what we did is we kind of took a look into our situation. We try to figure out what are all the things that we could look into deeper for us to try to uh, do better. And, you know, the, the first handful of those, of these things, like the inbound phones, which is 11 steps, um, absolutely positively cornerstone of what kind of gave us our initial trajectory when we systematized that. But the outbound phones, um, you know, we looked into those. What could we do to make sure that we were doing better in terms of new leads? When some people get emails in, or, or what have you, that, that's, a, that's a sales call. Um, the outbound, you know, you're, you're, no, you're no higher list. You know, what, what were we doing there? Could we do it better? Uh, what we call priming calls, could we do that better? In the consult room, what were our close rates? Could we do better there? Because just adding more juice to everything, you know, did nothing but make things more complicated. We had to make sure we were getting, taking advantage of the opportunity we had. Now, in our stuff, in our world, these are just some of the inspection points that we thought we needed to really kind of look into. Um, Messenger numbers, like we get a lot of uh, uh, leads from Messenger, most people that doesn't apply to, but we had to make sure that we were doing a good job at that. Collections calls, we had people calling and ask for money. Were they doing that right? Were they they just running through the motions and just kind of letting people off the hook? Relationship calls, the document collection calls, because a lot of times we don't get paid unless we have documents in. We had to make sure that people were doing what we were asking them to do. And then last but not least, when we had complaints, I wanted to know why the heck people were complaining so we could go back and fix that. So our highest priorities, no doubt, came down to the revenue side, right? So when I was, when we mentioned that we were 40% up this time this year than last year, we've already given away a million dollars in bonuses as of this year right now. Up at this point, we're getting ready to do another round. But we made that money. You're probably going to get like five job applicants. Well, now we don't have much turnover, right? So you have to work for us 90 days before you're eligible into the pool. But we don't have much turnover and our people keep getting better and they learn with us, which is really important through this. Let me, I think to bring that up, Rich, a lot of times what I see is like the firms, the owner, and they may have a manager that learns. It's not enough. The staff need to learn the whys as well, because they become like my staff um, quotes Richard James. My staff, basically, they talk about the 11 steps, they quote Rich. And so it actually, it's great because they're not, it's not about me. I'm kind of just like, all right, how are we doing on this? Where follow Rich said, this has always worked. And just having that, that third party credibility is a wonderful thing. And I'm sure everybody here has done that to some extent, but you know, just keep leaning on that. But the highest priority in terms of us digging in came to everything with the phone. Because the phone really is that black hole. I mean, like, how do you do it? It's once it happens, unless you can, you know, 
you know, like we're all busy, like what do you do? And so I think that, you know, and Rich was saying the number one thing you can to make sure you're making more money. I guarantee you every person here is, is leaving a tremendous amount of money on the table by not doing half of what they could do on the phones, the opportunity they have. Because our entire growth this year in the last 12 months has come from fixing this. And we thought we were pretty good to begin with. There's just so much opportunity here. So I know you think you've heard it beforehand, but we're going to get into some specifics in terms of why this applies to you all and then hopefully what you all can do about it. Yeah, and I, I would I would plus one on that, Bert, and just say, okay, before we get the groan, oh gosh, fix the phones. I've been hearing this for so long. We're, you know, inside of this topic of fix the phone, you're you're gonna we're gonna point to like the thing you realized that needed to be done, like that secret inside of here, right? I mean, this is <laughs> I think I think this is what you figured out, you know. This we'll, is the we'll, I'll, I'll let you get to it, but I mean I what you what you're gonna share is the, you know, that next level deep realization that you had about the phones and how it made the difference. Amen. So, you know, in hours, you know, and what I would probably do is I would probably move this right here. So through Rich, we got a process or a system and we had training, right? So I would probably say that this first part, what we're all doing is we're training, we're using a process. But then the second kind of component was the inspection. What I made, made what I found out and I continue to learn is just because you teach somebody one time, it doesn't mean that they get it. The key, like one side of the coin is you got to know the right things to do and have the right people to do it. The other side of the coin is we got to make sure that they don't forget, they don't disregard, and we keep them fresh. We keep them engaged. And, and if you don't do that other side, they will, they will break. It will break. And usually people don't know that until the money is way down, the conversions are way down. And they think, how much money did I lose in this period of time? If you can be proactive rather than reactive in this in this situation, the result is kind of what we found. And yeah, our- so to be clear, your Venn diagram here is showing the overlap between the coaching, teaching, training, right, and exactly. and the inspection, because you're basically saying, you know, if you coach alone or you inspect alone, it it may work, but it doesn't work as well as when you nail the coaching and the inspection together, correct? That's right. You give us the coaching, Rich. You've given us the training you know, aspect of it and the system, the process, like the steps that should be followed in each one of those. And so if I were to have to do this over again, I may not say coaching. I might say training and process as being yep. this first the, yep. this first circle. Okay. But that second circle, you know, this inspection and kind of feedback kind of component Here's the thing. Everybody says what you, what everybody here probably said, or at least we suggested they say, like, oh, I already know how to do that. Really? What's amazing is when you go back and you listen to those conversations and say, oh, so you knew how to do this. Well, talk to me about this. And that's where we have to get their attention. Um, the, um, you know, in our situation, in terms of how we started to kind of turn the tide, the reason why we kind of came to that kind of realization is we just started listening uh, to the calls daily. Now, we had enough resources and everything else. I saw numbers that I wasn't exactly happy with. And so, you know, I wanted to see what was it? Was it, were clients really different? Were they really the objections that we were getting from um, the consultants or the phone people? Or what was really going on? And us digging in on these three kind of components in-house, um, it, it really kind of helped us kind of like really figure it out um, that we were not, we were not in good shape. Just because we had trained people, just because we had an onboarding mechanism, it did not mean that we were on a trajectory to hit our target. And in fact, I would suggest that we were willing to we, we were willing to spend more and our margins were going down over time. If you want to sustain or increase your margins, you got to make sure that you're executing. You're actually, the assumptions you're making are kicking your butts. We all have assumptions that are kicking our butts. All of us do. But so basically, how do we kind of like kind of get into that? Or what were some of the points that we were actually seeing? Yeah, so, but I mean, what yeah. you just said, by the way, is so valuable. Like you said, I think I've got it. We've already trained our staff, right? Um, in, in the phone specifically, I mean, in any repetitive task where there's volume moving through, the thought that it could be done once and forgotten about is dangerous to your bottom line, 
right? Mm-hmm. So what you've, what you've recognized here is, well, yes, you had it. Uh, you, and you even developed software that helped you nail it, right? And, but there was still this seesaw effect of up and down that you weren't maximizing every opportunity every time and you wanted to figure out why. And like you said, you had the resources, you had the staff, right? You have how how many staff members you have with DLO at this point? Yes, we have about a hundred, close to 130. 130 staff members. So obviously there were layers of management and there are people you could pluck out and go, okay, I need you to start becoming this coach and start listening to these calls. And, you know, Bert obviously used my coaching and training to make sure they understood what they were listening for, but started listening in mass to the calls and recognizing the inconsistencies along the way, just because the gap in time between what was being said and when, you know, when it was being trained on to correct them was too long in between. And so we, he kind of closed the gap and made sure the majority of the calls were falling inside of that Venn diagram. They had the proper coaching and teaching and structure and process, and they had the proper inspection at the same time. And so when you fit as many calls as you can through that Venn diagram section, that sweet spot, you're going to maximize conversions all the way through. And that's what you started realizing, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, I just recently, Rich, I mean, we actually kind of pulled our numbers. Was it yesterday just to, uh, in our manager's meeting? And we actually checked. I said, I just wanted to know, kind of been thinking about this presentation, you know, really, what is the actual number for us that we think is the right number for us to go back and inspect? And not everybody has the same volume as us, right? So sometimes people aren't under the same type of pressure. But, you know, what, what does that look like? And, you know, and I was basically figuring that we wanted to look at 10% of our calls across the board. Mm-hmm. I started thinking like, holy cow, that's a much bigger job than I thought. And then I thought, well, heck, I mean, if I'm not listening to those 10 phone calls, what's it going to 10% of those calls? What's it? What's the cost going to be? Yeah. So, so just to be clear, if you're a firm that gets 10, for, for, 10 leads a week, you need to be listening to 10, or I mean, pardon me, one. Wow. If, if you're a firm that gets, you know, uh, 25 leads a week, you need to be listening to two or three. Um, most firms I know, if they listen to one a month, that's a lot, right? Yes. They don't have any regularity to it. So, you know, the more the volume you do, the more calls you need to be listening to. How many calls are coming into your firm a month at this point? So every day, um, excuse me, for every week in terms of just inbound sales calls, first time callers, we have approximately 600 people call a week that are for, that's just an inbound call. It doesn't mean our outbound uh, calls, which are another 600, uh, 600 calls a week for new leads that come in that we have to reach out for. So about 1200 first time callers a week. So that's uh, 120 calls that need to be pulled and an average of 10 minutes a call. That's uh, 1,200 minutes of talk time to listen to. Even if we listen to it on two times speed, we still have 600 minutes or 10 hours of listening time, plus thought time, score time, everything else. You've got probably 15 to 20 man hours at a minimum every single week that has to be focused on getting this done. And it's got to be done by some of its experience, which means there's a real cost to this. Most people would go, but Bert, I I, that's, that's an expense. It's not, I can't, I can't justify that. Right. Well, what's expensive is wasting your marketing. Correct. Which is what you found out when you're not inspecting these things happen, right? Sorry, I interrupted you, but no, no, no. Yeah. I just want to, you know, I always thought that, you know, I I didn't trust marketing. I was like, you know, the funny thing about marketing, right. Is that half works and half doesn't work, but you don't know which half and nothing is as expensive as bad marketing because you know, you're losing, you have nothing to show for it. We all know that that's expensive. And the only way you can track, you can do lead attribution. But the problem is, is that sometimes you're, you're, when you're trying to measure marketing, it's a reflection of your people and the marketing. Correct. It's not just the marketing. So we're, we have to, we, you know, we have to have some type of real-time beat. And, you know, I, I'll just say this, there is an expense to doing this, but there's an expense. The expense is incredibly large from what I've seen compared to where we were last year. Is you know we're I mean we're talking about a few million dollars swing in revenues annual revenues and this was our primary big change that we initiated. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, 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 the return on investment on that cost. So that's, that's what I want you to get to, right? It isn't, it isn't a expense, it's an investment. Yes. And it, there's a real return on investment. I mean, if, if you should invest in your intake phone processes and outbound phone processes up to the point of perfection and or as close to perfection as you can get. And and I would guarantee you that that would continue to pay over and over and over again. Somebody goes, well, I've got an 80 percent set rate. You think that's good. You said that's good. OK, but. That, I didn't say you couldn't get to 88%, right? right. I, uh, you know, so like the the ROI is on having this managed and measured correctly, getting that sweet spot of the right. coaching processes and inspection together is enormous. The problem is a lot of firms don't have, they, they can't justify the partial expense. They don't even know where to start. They don't know how to hire right. somebody, whatever. But before we get into all that, let's get back into the things they got, they're going to miss if they don't do that. You, I took you off that screen. I want to let you go ahead and share that with them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we, we can tell you the, some of the things that, you know, generally that we're finding. Um, and this is kind of across the board. And when we've done this, even with the 4i side, this is not just my firm, right? Because we have that many people. Uh, by and large, you know, number one, when we look at what's how they're handling the phones, you know, what we'll do is when we're listening to the calls, we'll make sure that that lead, when we pull that call, that that lead existed in the system. So they follow the process they were supposed to. That's, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. It's, we, uh, we, we used to do it. You do it, you know, with software, probably. I used to do it manually. I had, I had, I kicked out a report from the phones from all the call tracking software. And I kicked out a phone report from the, uh, from the uh, CRM. And then I, we sent it to China every night. So we automated the report kick out. They went to China a guy in China would run a V lookup between the two Excel documents and tell us which ones didn't match in the morning that list went over to the phone room. And the first thing they were supposed to do was make outbound calls to all the leads we missed from yesterday. Right. It was manual and it was a pain in the rear end, but it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. And so, you know, and so I would say, Rich, the, 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 the one up for that one, because that was a way we were looking at it. And that's how our team was. When we figured out this inspection process, this is all probably only a few weeks ago. And uh, they're saying, well, we, somebody follows up with them at the end of the day. And I said, that's not good enough. Right. You know, the difference between responding to somebody in the first minute and somebody in the first day. Yeah. 315%. Right. So I said, you know, we've got to get it. So we're responding instantaneously and we have feedback to make sure that we're doing our job. This is all about, you know, this is, this is a function of compliance. Are we meeting our own expectations or is that just pie in the sky stuff that there's no zero accountability for? Uh, and and I'll, let me say this before we find what we and we discuss kind of generally how this kind of manifested itself is is the majority of the firms right now that they'll probably have uh, they probably have a yearly goal what they want to achieve and they, let's say that they weren't there they have enough unconverted leads right now you know if, if they inspected the nature of the people who are making their phone calls outbound phone calls and they were doing a good job they they would crush them everybody. Because the, the, you know, the truth is, is people are really are desperate. They really do want help. And they want somebody who cares, who's actually sensitive to what they're doing. They want somebody to help them. I mean, these are people that reached out. They still want the help. They're just busy with life or something else. I completely agree. Uh, we've, been, we've been saying this for a long time. Uh, you, know, I, you know, again, I, when you told me that this is the thing that, well, you told me you're up 40% and I, and I said, what was the big difference? You said, we doubled down on how we're managing the phones and we identified the, we, the leads we're wasting and increased the speed to get to those wasted leads faster. And we identified our, our call blind spots to make sure right. that they're not ignoring, uh, you know, answering phone calls and that you're, you're, you're missing you, the, the agent blind spots where they're talking about the agents doesn't understand while they're on the phone and they're not really fully understanding the 11 steps or what the goal is and really coming alongside them and training them. And, and you talked about this missed opportunity because you just said that, look, the, at the end of the day, the, the, co the, the real cost of this isn't the investment in getting it done right. The real cost in this is the opportunity loss that's yeah. out there. And so once you started putting all that together, I was like, okay, I mean, you know, if, I got to be honest, if I would have voted, I would have just assumed that you were probably your team was probably maximizing it. 
And, you know, yet again, you surprised me and you were able to take what you already did and figure out how to do it better. And that's, I think that's the biggest lesson. Like you said it earlier, which is if you think you got it, go look again, right? Because I guarantee you, you thought you had this nailed. Would you say that's a fair estimate? 100%. I I was really drinking my own Kool-Aid. Yep. Figured for sure they had it nailed, but they didn't. So if somebody who's achieved what Bert's achieved at his firm level and his firm isn't any different than your firm, and he's figured out that he didn't have it nailed, even though he was really close and it made a 40% difference in his firm, what could it do for yours? And should you think that you've got it nailed? I promise you that you likely don't. No matter how good you think all of your conversions are, I promise you, you probably don't have it nailed. All right, what's next? All right, great. So, you know, so from a standpoint in terms of like what to expect, let's say we're going to be listening uh, to the calls. Um, you know, I do think that um, there's an aspect in terms of phones, making sure that, you know, people are picking them up. You know, we, a lot of us use Lex Reception or some other service. We, I don't care what anybody says, Lex Reception, your rate of converting Lex Reception leads is going to be significantly lower than if you have your own phone people. Correct. So it's a great insurance policy. It's not a substitute. Um right. Like you said, Rich, those missed calls, you know, we've got to have a system in place, the bare minimum. We've got to make sure, are they in fact being returned? And if you are, how fast can we do it? Those needs entered in the system, like what you're going to be looking at. That The 11 steps really is, and, you know, Sam helped me put together the slides. I would um, I would argue that the, the 11 steps really probably, even though there's the process, the 11 steps, it's really about buying into, we have a method how we do this. And let the method do the work. A lot of people think, well, I didn't need to say that because that's not what they needed. That's not the point of the 11 steps. That's not the point of everything we teach. It's, you know, you're leading people through a, through a process and you're leaving them knowing that they're in good hands because you're so assured in how you're progressing. So, you know, I think in terms of just going through, it's not enough for somebody to be trained. Are they doing it? And, and a classic example is what are they doing when, they, when they're hearing the objections to the 11 steps? What, how are they responding? The number one objection across all law firms in America, somebody calling up and just saying, um, I just want to find out what you all charge. Right. How much is it? How much is it? So that's an objection. And so the, and then the answer is, okay, well, let me get some more information, see if we can try to help you with that. I can help you try to help get you the information so you can answer that. And we're walking through that process. Most people are like, well, I can't, you need to come in. And they go ahead and they they answer specifically what the person's saying instead of going through the repeatable process. And then that person follows you because you're the leader. Yeah. And and that just comes down to, again, coaching and training, right? Helping them understand uh, that that, um, somebody asking those questions isn't, isn't, shouldn't be abnormal. That should be expected, right? It's Absolutely. one of the few things that are going to happen at the disposition of this point. When we get to step two and we start building relationship, Dale will at some point ask how much does it cost, some percentage of them. That should just be an expected outcome. And here's what your response is. The one you gave was perfect. And there's you know three or four other expected outcomes that we will have at these turns. And we just need to train and coach and it takes time and experience but in the beginning they won't be as good at it as they are later but the more we train them and inspect them and let that cross over the better they're going to get at it and that's the whole point right um how do you get them to own the 11 steps helping them understand you know well and i talked about this in in august right so um Making it a cultural foundation that says, if you can't memorize what the 11 steps are, or if you, and if you can't memorize the script inside of the 11 steps that needs to be said word for word, then you can't do this job. So are you capable? Are you willing? And I need to know that you're capable and willing to memorize the 11 steps, like know what all 11 are, and you're willing to memorize the script inside. Once we get through that, now we can perfect it. The problem is what usually happens is that when when a firm hears about the 11 steps, they let their team like 
listen to my training on it. They watch a webinar. They have them attend a RID. They maybe they buy your software and they have them, you know, and hold their hand through the process. But at no point did the culture of the firm start by saying, no, no, you don't understand. If you're in this job, you must know what the 11 steps are and you must memorize your script word for word. And if you can't do that, you can't do this job. And I think that's missing, right? Now, the, the understanding the why and all that behind it, I think that comes. But I think the, the reason why that doesn't come for a lot of people is because the firm, the owner of the firm didn't take the stand. Like they didn't say, no, this is how we're going to do it around here. They say, oh, this is a really good idea that Rich came up with and that I think we should do. Sally, go execute it. Right. Okay, we can tell Sally to execute it, but Sally's got to know this is going to be done. We're going to have this in the firm by this date, and I'm going to be inspecting it on Tuesday. Let's make sure it gets done. And and I think that's missing, that that the owners buy it. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, I I, I don't think it, if you didn't buy into this, would it happen in your firm? No, and it, it, you know, I, I'd probably even take it even further. I mean, at the end of the day, you're establishing, you said culture. I'm going to say it's winning. Uh, you know, the difference between winning and losing, right, is a culture, it's an attitude. And so, you know, in order for we want that kind of results that we want within our firms, we have to establish expectations, we have to establish standards. This is what this is how we do it. This is the way that we do it. And when you establish those standards, it has an effect on everything else. And the phones like in the Marine, when I was in the Marine Corps, everybody is a, uh, a basic rifleman. I don't care if you're the commandant of the Marine Corps or anything else. You're what they call an 0311. That's the basic thing. You know, in a, in a law firm, Everybody should be able to pick up that phone and answer that call because this sets the standard for everything else we do. And it may seem simplistic, but it drives home the message. Nobody is special. We always do it like this. And as a result, this is one of the keys to our success. Correct. Good. Love it. All right. Where do we go from here? All right. So um, in terms of, you know, how, how to inspect, there's a few ways that you can, you can do it. So in terms of for you all, there's um, obviously... Rich is kind of the, you know, kind of expert in the mystery shopping side. So you might probably would, would talk through that, Rich. Well, We've got some classes from you. Yeah, I mean, look, I brought this up in, um, in August. And I just think, so look, you talked about some advanced stuff about, you know, what you're inspecting and the abandoned calls and running the reports. And, and I think that um, to boil this down to the basic levels, coming back to... Um, I'm going to stop this so you and I can just talk. So coming back to the basic levels, first, this starts with the owner making a decision that this is important, right? right. So the reason I invited you on um, was because I was hoping that your credibility as an owner of a small law firm that once didn't have enough money to pay for his airline ticket, who today bonuses out a million dollars in a quarter to his staff uh, is is it can inspire them that you took this path and they can take this path too, and that they're willing to believe you, right? That's my hope. And so, so here we are asking them to believe that what you do, they can do. Okay, good. Now, once we get belief, all the things we talked about can be daunting. So let's just start somewhere. Right. What can we do? to start to get the one side of the circle, the inspection side of the circle. I, I've provided at least the training and the structure and everything else on this side. How do we get the inspection? Because that's what's been missing, right? The firm doesn't really know what's going on. You know, again, we talk about uh, inspection means the, there's what the owner wants to be happening. There's owner what the owner believes is happening. Then there's what is actually happening. So inspection is what allows us to get closer from what is actually happening to what we want to happen. And the way that we do that first level of inspection for me is mystery shopping. Right. Just have somebody calling the office, playing prospect, and pretending that they have a problem. Let your phone person walk them through the process. And then score that call, record that call, and see what the outcome was. And if the outcome was a 10, then hallelujah, we're on the right path. But if the outcome is a 6, which, by the way, the average median score of the people we measured that volunteered to have us mystery shop back in August was a 6.2. That meant that some had a 9, 
and some had a two, right? Yeah. So that, and, and, and everybody kind of thought they were doing really, really well. Um, so uh, how do you make sure you do it? Well, you have to have mystery shopping. And it's, it's not that hard. It's just most firms doesn't have the person that can do this. And if you think about it, you can't have the same person with the same tonality and the same story, call your firm every week and mystery shop it because, well, your team will eventually catch on, right? right. They'll see the caller ID. They'll realize, oh, this is the one that's, you know, mystery shop. They'll hear the voice. They'll hear the story, whatever. They'll pick up on it. So you got to be able to mix it up and you have to make sure if you're going to mystery shop regularly, you have, you know, somebody that can, you have a pool of people you can pull from and you have ways to, to hide the phone number every now and then to make sure that it doesn't breed familiarity so that your people don't just game the system. So mystery shopping is one of the things you and I talked about, about that's possibly a service we can offer. And we could, you could talk about that more later because I've kind of twisted your arm into figuring out if you guys can do this for folks, right. but you could share your screen again. What was the next one you, you think was important for them to do in the inspection? Process? Yeah, and I'll say I gave a million dollars so far this year, the first half of the year, not the first quarter. Next oh, year, maybe, maybe we'll get to a million. I want to be accurate. Not sorry, yet. first half. No, it's okay. I, I want to I I maintain my credibility here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people may be coming back asking for more money. Yeah, yeah okay, good. Know. You've got team members on the call and they're like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. Like what kind of stuff is that, Bert? That's fair. Yeah, right. Got it. So the, so the call audits. Um, the call audit, so basically pulling a telephone call and kind of running through. Now, there's a couple of reasons beyond kind of the obvious of what you're trying to hit. Like, so if you're trying to hit, let's say the 11 steps and they're checking off. You know, one of the aspects that I'm just going to basically hint on is, is that you really do have to pay a lot of attention to rapport uh, because if people aren't just becoming mechanical in terms of talking to them. Another one's going to be is that sometimes uh, what you'll do is you'll find staff members to start to disqualify a person on the phone. They'll exercise their own thought in terms of law. They'll add, they'll add questions in there. And then they'll start exercising decision-making in terms of why to get rid of this person. Very dangerous. You have people that are really good. You think are great. They know how to do stuff. This is a star. You got to be careful on this one because they will. They will sabotage what you have because they don't think they're the right, they're the right fit for whatever reason. And most times they're trying to protect the firm. Yes, sir. Most times they're trying to protect the firm. Sometimes they're trying to game their own system, but but most times they're trying to protect the firm. They're 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 making assumptions. They had a conversation with somebody. They misinterpreted the conversation with the owner, or the attorney about who they want to work with, who they don't want to work with. Somebody said, "I don't ever want to work with a guy like this again." And well, that was it. They're, the the phone person is going to make an assumption that we're never going to let this type of person go through the gate again, and that may or may not have been an accurate assumption. And so. If we don't listen to this and unpack and do the call audit and identify what the rapport building and what questions are asking, and are they making things up on the fly and are they adding in the questions that shouldn't be there? We have no way of knowing of how often that's happening. And the answer is it happens a lot. I mean, this yeah. is the front wall of your firm, right? This is every lead comes through this area. If you miss out on some percentage of those leads, like I was talking to a family law firm today. He's like, yeah, man. He goes, I don't, I don't want a single one to get by. He goes, that's 12-5. 12-5 out the windows. Every, every case is worth 12-5 to me. He goes, if a single case gets away from them, it costs us $12,500. Well, think about it that way, right? And, and that's, in most firms, this is happening. Like some version of this is going on. So if you don't have the call audit done with the inside the mystery shopping. And then, as you said, you have the scorecards, which really ties the whole thing together, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the bare minimum, if you didn't have those resources and at least you're able to track, you're doing your PCLC and you're looking at what your set rates are, you know, that's one way to kind of at least give you a suggestion that, Hey, look, what are my people doing? So you can, you can get more sophisticated with scorecards. We personally, you know, kind of measure through our software, you know, what their set rates are for inbound and what are their set rates for outbound. And then it kind of gives you a kind of a total number or, or what, what their targets should be. One aspect of a lot of firms do is that they have a certain number of appointments they can fill a week. That's it. So you make enough phone calls to fill the calendar and then they have a move on. Did they hit their targets and how well are they at keeping those targets? There's a lot of creative ways that you can use the phones to basically hit whatever objective you have. Um, the, just the question is, is everybody doing what you're asking them to do? Um, people don't respond to voice like, you know, computerized, you know, spam 
uh, you know, voicemail drops as well. You know, that's a very low thing and you kind of burn up equity with people, but scorecards, you know, the call audits and the mystery shopping. And, and this is just, this, this is a cost of doing business. So you're going to pay for it one way or the other. So we had a question about the scorecard. So a scorecard is uh, Gagan that I've got, I've done. So it, first of all, it, I did it in August. Brittany, can you, can you go on the dashboard and grab uh, a link to the scorecard and post it here? Uh, you'll, any partners club member will have access. If you're not a partners club member, unfortunately it won't give you access, but if you put it, if, if you put that link here, uh, you'll have access to it, Gagan. But um, the, uh, what a scorecard does is it basically goes through and says, okay, did they hit, well, here, let's just, let's just show real quick, right? So it just says, do they hit this? Can you see the screen where it says smile? Is that what you're seeing now? Do you see smile? We do not. We do not. So let's see what I did wrong. How about this? Now do we see a screen where it says smile? Yes. Cool. So here's your 11 steps, right? So it's smile. Then it's ask the referral question, introduction, harvest the data, build a relationship. Now this build a relationship in partners club in, uh, for those of you that are members in August, I went through Pogo and she, if you remember that, this is how I, I taught you how to better build a relationship in here about asking the proper questions, getting to their hell and getting to their heaven. That's really what's supposed to happen in here. Um, and then discussing the book or your lead magnet or giving you the credibility. Again, step six can happen in any other place. It usually happens here. The more you do it, the more you realize that's where it belongs, but it can happen inside the introduction. Uh, and then we're asking for the order. So we're making sure one of the number one problems on the phone is a lot of uh, appointment setters just, they get so caught up in the story, they forgot to actually set the appointment. And then we're always giving choices of something and something rather than something and nothing. Uh, and then uh, the next step is, is like, this is where we're saying, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to receive a text message, an email. We're going to mail you something in the mail. Uh, you're going to get directions, whatever your process is. This is what I need you to bring with you, hopefully very little uh, to the call. And so you're going to have a very memorized scripted structure of what that's going to say. And then you're going to ask the, do you promise question? Uh, and that is a, a very important question to ask to make sure that they get, uh, they actually show up. So it's basically, Hey, you know, I, I know everybody gets busy, but can you make me a quick promise? If you can't make it for some reason, can you call our office? Because we only reserve these so many spaces a week. And, and I don't want somebody else to miss out on being able to meet with one of our team. Yeah, sure. I can promise that. Great. Um, and then wrap it in a bow. And wrap it in a bow means that we're, we're putting the relationship together. So we're going back to their heaven and hell that they talked about or their hell and their heaven. And then we, we just remind them yet again that we're going to help them move away from their hell and towards their heaven. And so it's just reminding them that we're listening to it. And, and I do a complete training on the 11 steps and that's available to everybody. And if you, if you want a copy of it, email in at richard at the richardjames.com. But a scorecard to come back to the question basically goes through the call and gives either a zero, a 0.5 or a one for whether they didn't do that step at all, they did that step completely, or they kind of got it half right, right? So you're looking for perfect tens in every call. It also means if there's also an, in that scorecard, we have a minus one if they put somebody on hold, because that's death. You never put somebody on hold in a sales situation. And, and, uh, and so you just go through and you score it out to figure out, okay, where are they at? And you really want to get that nine to 10 on every single call. And th there's just no reason not to, right? I mean, it, it's not that complicated, right, Bert? I mean, it's just, they've got to be reminded why it's so important, correct? We use this as our litmus test to basically when we promote people and put them in other positions. If you can follow the script and play ball and be disciplined, this is an excellent indicator in terms of character of somebody that you can invest in. So it's, yeah, it's not difficult, but a lot of people won't do it or they'll get lazy. The people who do do it, you know, they're worth their weight in gold. And it does answer another question. Who do you basically recruit to fill another position? You may have that other person right there. This it's, it's, it's been a very, we, we've just learned from salespeople, people want to know non-attorney salespeople, we pull them all from the phones. Yeah, that's because they're capable of 
listening and following a script and a structure and memorizing word for word, those things that they're supposed to do. Um, which brings me back to my original point earlier that, you know, the person on the phone, the very first requirement is willingness to memorize, willingness to stick to a structure or a script. Because some folks you get with experience are very proud salespeople that say, oh, I, right. I don't work from a script. I, I shoot from the hip. The way that I do everything is by intuition. And, and um, I will tell you that no matter how good you might think they are, if they don't, if they're not willing to memorize the script and the structure, you need to run away from them, not walk away from them because they're going to be cancer for your firm. Uh, because what they've done is you've just, by hiring that person and letting them not follow the script. By the way, folks, I just need you to know, I own this responsibility. Like I did this and I did this not too long ago. Like just a few years ago, I had a sales rep who was good and he didn't want to follow my script exactly. And so I kind of let him go until he got bad enough that he, I said he had to follow the script and he wouldn't. And finally we parted ways, but like, I was guilty of this because I had a rep that I really didn't have to manage all that much. He was pretty good. He didn't follow the script or the structure the way I wanted to, but I was like, oh, all right, he's still closing at a good rate. That's cancer to the firm because all that's doing is telling everybody else in the firm that this is important. And like Bert said, everybody in the firm needs to be able to do this basic job. Like is if you're a Marine, everybody has to be able to be a basic rifleman, right? You, you, you have to be able to in the firm, be able to know how to answer the phone at every given moment. So who should know this? Like everybody, right? There's no reason an attorney, attorneys are smart. They're intelligent. They've, they've got work ethic. They should be able to memorize 11 little points. You know what I mean? Uh, and they should be able to memorize like two little scripts inside the 11 little points. This isn't that hard. If I should make sure anybody who answers the phone that can do this, that's not their primary job. They don't want to do it. But if they had to answer the phone, they could answer the phone. You, you could wake me up at two o'clock in the morning and have the phone ring and I could run this script by heart because Absolutely. it's drilled into me, right? I just know how important it is. But, but again, coming back to mystery shopping, Bert, I twisted your arm and I asked you, you know, I kind of guilted you into it. I said, you're welcome, uh, Gagan. I said, hey, um, look, folks aren't going to get this done on their own. You've got the team in four eyes. Can you do mystery shopping for them at some kind of reasonable rate? Uh, and you said I would. And so I think you were showing your email address for Sam. Um, if somebody wants to learn more, uh, we're not going to get into the parameters of it. this isn't a selling. We're not going to sell here. But if anybody wants to learn more about mystery shopping, um, I, I, as I understand it, Four Eyes is willing to have that conversation with them, right? That's right. And it's pretty much would be only to Partners Club people. You know, this is not we have clients outside of Partners Club. There are things we do for Partners Club clients there. And and there's things that well, usually the only people that we segregate are partners club because I'm one of y'all, right? We are all in this thing. So there's partners club people and the rest of our clients. This is not something we're opening up to anybody else. Yeah. So if you're interested and it's something you want to do and you want, you think mystery shopping is something that you need for your firm to cover that, you know, Venn diagram of the inspection part of this, right. uh, Bert and his team have, have figured out a way to go, go ahead and do that for you. Um, re reach out to them. My, my goal today was not, I promise you the last thing Bert wanted was another business. So, uh, or another thing to do. But so my goal today wasn't to promote mystery shopping. My goal today was to wrap a bow on the conversation that I had in August, which was about this topic and why it was so important. And I kind of publicly asked Bert if he would do it at Partners Club. And he and I finally kind of figured out how he could do it. And he talked to his team to see if they had the bandwidth. And so him and Sam and his team put it together and they're going to do it for you. But I, what I wanted you to hear from him was <laughs> this is not like just a throwaway subject. This literally meant, you know, a million dollars to the bottom line, if not more, because they focused on this thing. Now I get it. Your firm doesn't do that much revenue. Okay. So what? It's right. still some percentage of what you're doing is we're leaving on the floor because we're not mastering this. So if you want to master your firm, if you want to, you want to make enough look here's the tr the trick to this is the trick to this is to be able to first your first goal when you own a business is to make sure you make enough money to, to fortify your family cover your expenses you have profit you're, you're paying your bills and there's no stresses 
Well, then we want to make sure that we have we continue to grow the firm. We have additional profit over and above what your human needs are that we can now start to add in resources that we can handle the growth and that we can continue to market to continue to grow the firm to capture more business. Then once we go down that path, we want to start replacing ourselves as the owner, uh, pardon me, as the person who does some of these jobs so that we can have somebody else do them so we can step back from the business and we could be working on growing and moving the business in different directions. But all of this starts with making sure we have the foundational fundamental things and systems in place. And the most fundamental foundational system that's in place is the frontline phones and making sure we're nailing that. And Bert just said to you today, 600 inbound, 600 outbound, 1,200 phone calls a week, 4,800 phone calls a month, thought for sure he and his team had this nailed, realized there was opportunity to be even better at it, go even deeper at it, and it yielded growth for his firm. If it could yield growth for his firm, what could it do for your firm? But what about the objection that somebody says, hey, Rich, but I, I've only got, you know, I've only got 20 leads a week. Why do I have to focus on this? Yeah, I mean, I guess what's your average case value? I mean, right. that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's, look, and at some point you're going to have 30 leads a week and at some point you're going to have 40 leads a week. This problem, regardless of the size, is the same problem. Um, the, the challenge is going to be is are you going to basically, you know, are you going to, you're, you're taking on water. And so, you know, it's making it more difficult for you to do everything. The leaner that you, you can stop losing and you can keep what you've gotten, you've gotten, everything gets easier. Otherwise, because this does send a signal. This is all about discipline, right? It's all so about the, discipline. Yeah, the yeah. best firms are more, you know, the, the firms that struggle are the least disciplined. The ones who do the best are the most disciplined. And it's not like good or bad. It just is what it is. I, I hate to say it's just like everything else in life, but it, but it kind of is, Right. Right. Um, you know, you want to you want to be in shape and shed body fat. You got to be disciplined to eat right and exercise. You know, and, and going to your point about making money rich, though, is that, that that is part of the goal. Some of us are. I am not the most cons- disciplined individual. I like to do a lot of little things, but I recognize it was hurting the firm. So I'm like, all right, me telling people, all right, you're going to do this in a discipline. Make sure this happens. So I am like everybody else who's here. I move from thing to thing to thing, but I know I've got to make sure somebody's responsible and this is getting done because I know what it's going to cost. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Yeah. That it, it, know thine self. Uh, Amen. That is, that is a key. All right. Uh, well, Bert, again, uh, my team put the uh, e- email up there, Sam at foureyes.com. Uh, Bert, thanks for, I know you got, you're always busy. You got a lot going on in your world. Thank you for sharing the insights today, being transparent with what's going on in your world and for sharing your resources with Partners Club members if they need mystery shopping done, but most importantly, giving some insight as to how this affected you. Appreciate you. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you. Um, All right, everybody. So uh, this concludes this month's interview with an expert. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or listen to it on a podcast, you know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like, like, and hard and share and all that stuff. Comment, ask any questions. If you have any concerns or questions and you want to learn more about what we do, you can visit us at the richardjames.com, grab one of our free resources, a free copy of our book, or you can go ahead and send me an email directly, richard at the richardjames.com. Happy to answer any questions that you have. Hope that you found this uh, to help you gain momentum and insight and maybe an inspiration to want to dial in the truth about your firm. Uh, Between now and next time, I hope you continue to build your firm better one system at a time. Thanks so much, everybody. Make it a great day.